I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The Crimson Tide has joined the red wave. It's high noon for Friday, December 18th, 2020. Follow the podcast on Parlor and Rumble at I'm Your Moderator. And if you're real smart, join the info stream on Telegram, the Telegram Messenger app, download the app, sign up for the app, and then you go to t.me slash I'm your moderator. Real simple. And then the second part is, if you want to join the discussion thread, you go to t.me slash be reasonable discussion. Simple. So first, before anything else, I am not even really going to talk about this today because I cannot do it justice in the way that Dan Bongino can. So I'm going to encourage everyone to listen to Dan Bongino's podcast episode today. It is mind blowing. It's about the stuff coming out about Hillary Clinton's emails and Obama and the Russian collusion hoax. And it was a hoax. No one should ever doubt that. But. It's a real good. And one of the interesting things that they were talking about, that Dan was talking about, I should say, is proof now that the FBI knew that Hillary's emails were in the hands of a foreign government. And they knew from these emails on Hillary's private server that she was communicating with none other than Barack Obama. Because as Dan informed me, I did not know this, although it's kind of intuitive, I guess. Uh, The president, to receive emails from somebody, that email address has to be what they call whitelisted. So for Hillary to be able to email Obama from her private server means that Obama knew that Hillary Clinton had a private server. He approved of it just like he approved of the Russian collusion hoax, just like he approved of the takedown of Michael Flynn. All of that was done under Barack Obama and Joe Biden for and with Hillary Clinton, but also for Barack Obama. And I'll let Dan Bongino tell you the story about what those emails actually show, but it is well worth your time to listen. Dan Bongino, by the way, I can't say enough good things about this guy. Like people try to say, oh, Parler's owners are this or that or something's wrong with Parler. No, that is a media narrative designed to protect Twitter and Facebook. Dan Bongino is an owner of both those platforms. He talks about it quite a lot. If you can't trust Dan Bongino, I don't know who you can trust. The guy is basically never wrong and seems like the best dude ever. He's clearly one of the most patriotic dudes ever. And he used to be in the secret service. So he's not some chump like me, just 
talking about what I read and what I see and what I know about life and trying to put that together into a story. Dan knows his shit better than anybody. Subscribe to his podcast. Honestly, it's worth it. Anyway, enough kissing Dan Bongino's ass. Now, in regards to my little intro there, first off, it's, it is, you know it is, you can feel it. It's getting hard to come up with uh, new things to say about the red wave. I thought I was only going to have to do it for the week before the election, but now I have committed to not stopping talking about the red wave in the intro until Trump is confirmed as president for a second term. So just going to have to bear with me on that. But I try to relate it to the day's news. And since yesterday, well, we already kind of knew Alabama Representative Mo Brooks was going to stand up and challenge the uh, electors on January 6th. But now Senator, incoming Senator-elect, I know, I think, is he Senator yet? No, I think on the third they get sworn in. Um, Tommy Tuberville, he has also said he's going to stand up and fight for Trump. And they are clearly now leading a movement because people are signing on with that. Rand Paul will definitely be there as well. And there's probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight others that are going to jump on at some point. Donald Trump is going to win. And it'll be done constitutionally. And it'll be done with the will of the public, confirming what the public said on November 3rd. And in line with what the public knows and believes now. Again, over 50% know this election was stolen. That's not going to reverse direction. If something terrible were to happen and Joe Biden were to somehow get into the White House, those people are still never going back to believing that Joe Biden was legitimately elected. He was not. It is impossible. And that's how you know it didn't happen. So I guess I'm moving to Alabama now. Go Tide. Roll Tide. The Crimson Tide is joining the red wave. I love it. Now, COVID relief looks like it is going to be held up once again. Now, why is it going to be held up once again? I don't mean to belabor the point, but let's remember. There were four reasons, four demands from Nancy Pelosi that Donald Trump refused to meet, which is what has held up COVID relief for the country. And they've been going on and negotiating about this since May. Okay, four things. One, universal, unsolicited, nationwide mail-in balloting so that they could have increased the number of mail-in ballots, which they could then launder through their system of fraud sponsored by Mark Zuckerberg to ensure Joe Biden would win the election. Two. Universal nationwide ballot harvesting so that once all those extra ballots are out there, they can pay people to go get them. Three. Trump had to, to meet the demand of the teachers unions or else they would not bring students back into school. 
and the union demands were fucking crazy. All sorts of BLM, Medicare for all communist bullshit. And there was no way that Trump was going to sign off on any of that. And then the fourth thing was that the governors in terribly, pathetically, corruptly run Democrat states like California and New York were going to get bailed out to the tune of a trillion American taxpayer dollars, which, of course, would just increase our deficit. We would be giving money that the country literally does not have to governors who refuse to manage their states properly so that they could crush the economy and make sure Donald Trump would not be reelected. And so that they could go along with the Great Reset plan. The Great Reset is not a conspiracy theory. They talk about it openly at the World Economic Forum. John Kerry has discussed it. Joe Biden has discussed it. Justin Trudeau has discussed it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's real. If you don't know what it is, look it up. The funny thing is, it's really easy to look up because they're all really proud of it. They want to push the world into this communist dystopia. And they have no problem lying about things like race and climate to do so. So Trump's not going to give these states the money that they want to make up for the hundreds of millions of dollars that they have wasted and destroyed. Reminder, Gavin Newsom gave $500 million to China for masks. Where are the masks, Gavin? What is $500 million worth of masks? Get us. And where are these masks? They haven't been distributed to the people. Hmm. So Trump's not going to give anyone that money. But they're still pushing for it and they're still delaying COVID relief over it. You know, you can forget about the, the, the two demands about the election, the nationwide ballot harvesting and the nationwide unsolicited mail-in balloting. Those are dead. The election's over. The teachers unions are still holding children out of school. But that doesn't seem to be what the holdup on this relief package is. The holdup seems to be the bailouts for these governors. And so now the governors in the states are launching that this kind of all out PR campaign, which Joe Biden is participating in as well. About how. President Trump is making it difficult for the American people by way of making it difficult for Democrat governors. Remember, Trump has always wanted to send money directly to the American people, always, the entire time, the entire time. That is all he has ever wanted. He has said countless times If they give me a standalone bill with just the bailout for the people, I will sign that and then we can work on the other stuff. He has said that 
countless times. But they have always said no because they knew that their main demands were deal breakers. Pelosi has admitted this, by the way. She admitted that it was a conscious decision, not a mistake to not get the relief done before the election. You can watch her on video saying it. I'm not misrepresenting her in any way. She wanted those specific demands. And now she is sticking to the bailouts for these governors because they all know what's coming. She would not have to stick to this if she thought Joe Biden was going to be in the White House in 33 days. She wouldn't. She could take the relief, give it out to everybody. The country would be fine, right? For another month. She could fund this. She could fund the businesses. She could fund people and their lives, allowing them to stay in their homes, perhaps be able to eat. She could do that 33 days. And then, you know, if Joe Biden's in there, she can pass whatever package she wants. Can't she? Or is that not what's going to happen? Again, this is rooted knowledge. You can know for a fact that they know Trump is going to be re-inaugurated because otherwise they would act differently. Right? I talked about this last week. You take the collection of facts and then you figure out which through lines are possible. And the idea that they are going to take this political hit thinking that Joe Biden is just going to be there in 30 days. Why would they do that? That literally doesn't make any sense at all. And Nancy Pelosi might be incredibly corrupt and incredibly evil, but she's not stupid about political power. That's literally the only thing she cares about and the only thing she knows about. It's just political power. If Biden was going to be president, Nancy Pelosi would not need to bail the governors out right now. She could just wait a month. And so if you're with me so far, the question has to be asked. Why do they need to bail out these governors? Well, the answer is Trump will be president and he will never, ever, ever bail out Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, Andrew Cuomo, Tom Wolf. Never. And he's never going to bail out Steve Ducey and Brian Kemp either. Although their states are in much better condition because they're not Democrats. Donald Trump isn't holding it up because he doesn't want to give money to the people. It's absurd to even think that. And there's no way that anyone who's ever found my podcast could possibly believe that. And so what Nancy Pelosi is angling for is to enable her corrupt co-conspirators in all this to save their asses. Because what happens 
when Gavin and Andrew never get the hundreds of millions of dollars they were promised by Nancy Pelosi when they did all this terribly stupid, evil shit. They did do this on purpose. It's not an accident that their restrictions have been capricious and nonsensical and self-contradicting. None of it makes any sense at all. Which is how you know it's intentional. They are targeting particular businesses, particular types of businesses, and particular activities. They don't want people to have fun together or talk with each other. That's it. It's not about where COVID appears at all. So when no one bails these guys out, what happens? Their states are in ruin. People are leaving. They try every last thing they can, like passing tax hikes, to try to bail themselves out. But the truth is, there's no help coming anytime soon for them. And they will be recalled. They're going to be shown for the corrupt, degenerate, evil losers that they are. And that will be glorious. And Trump will win again. And I got to say, for a while, I was getting tired of winning. I rested, and now I'm ready to just keep winning again. Just changing subjects without a segue. Here we go. So this morning, there was a report in Axios that the Pentagon had halted briefings to Biden's transition team, and that Biden's transition team was caught off guard by this. My first reaction was to be like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, Biden's an obvious national security threat. Since that time, since this report came out, Rick Grinnell himself has said that that report is false and that they've had plenty of meetings with them. And I would trust Rick Grinnell over basically anyone in the world. Same as Bongino. Same brand of patriot and truth teller. Axios, on the other hand, is owned by Steve Jobs' widow, same woman that owns The Atlantic. And both of those news outlets, if you can call them that, have done nothing but push COVID and try to destroy Trump. So there's something else going on in that narrative, and I wonder what it is. It sounds to me like they're trying to make their narrative about how Trump is trying to pull off a coup more substantial. And so I'm thinking about, well, okay, assuming Grinnell's right, what would this mean? What would it mean that he said they've been having lots of meetings? Now, a couple of months ago, or maybe right after the election, I don't remember when it was, Clearly, (laughs) but I said uh, something to the effect of they know what's coming and they're all just 
in deal-making phases. And I still believe that. There is a lot going on behind the scenes that we simply don't know about. But it's clear that the people out there saying things publicly are lying. So we can know that all of that is not true. And what I'm imagining is the Trump team continuously meeting with these people and just simply telling them in the meetings, hey, we have everything. What are you guys going to do about it? But there is no way in hell that Donald Trump or his people are giving over classified information to Joe Biden and his team like fucking Tony Blinken. No way. It's just not happening. So what are their meetings about? I got to think it's deal making. I got to think it's them hedging their bets and trying to cut their losses. Just as Pelosi is doing for Gavin and Andrew. And it's funny because the New Yorker magazine, or maybe it's New York Magazine, one of the two. I don't read either of them anymore because they're both absolute communist rags. But they were talking about how maybe it is time for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to move on. Hey, good timing, guys. You know, the funny thing is about these bailouts, which I forgot to mention. The whole Democrat election system is premised on state control. The Democrats have to control the state or the cities within the state or major counties to be able to pull off these election scams. But that's not all. This year on the ballot in Nancy Pelosi's district were Nancy Pelosi and another Democrat because They just take the two candidates with the most votes in the primary and put them against one another here in California. And so when you have a voter fraud system all set up and you get to do that, then you can just make your opponent whoever you want. And so that's what they do. Nancy Pelosi has made it So that she cannot be run against by a Republican. Do you understand that? That means she can stay in power forever. For as long as that system stays in place. She gets to win. She chooses her opponent. And then we all believe that this is real. Because we just shrug our shoulders and say, yeah, well, those places are all really blue. No, they're not really blue. They might be more blue than red, but they're not really blue. Not the way we pretend they are. That's voter fraud. That's election fraud. It didn't start this year. Political issues like whether or not the state should have two members of the same party running against one another have only gone that way because the Democrats are already in control and there's no one to challenge them. And then they make it 
so that no one even has the legal opportunity to challenge them by just simply representing the other party. All of that, all of that goes away the moment any MAGA person gets into the governor's office in any of these states. So what they're clinging to right now is their last grip on Democrat power, which is also the last grip on old guard power, because MAGA blows old guard out of the water. That's the whole point. It's not about Donald Trump. It's about defeating this festering sore, this cancer in our country. That's what it's about. This is a righteous cause. It doesn't matter that you don't like Donald Trump's character. And not liking Donald Trump's character doesn't mean he has bad character. Donald Trump is a changed man since he entered office in 2016. His priorities are the same, but he's a different man. And if you can't see that, I don't know what you're looking at. But this man stood up for the entire nation and is single-handedly preventing the downfall of one of the greatest societies in history. And he's almost there. He's going to stick the landing. And then this whole system of power gets washed out. By the red wave. It cannot exist without the other parts of the system because then the system becomes exposed. And now it has been. And I said this in April. The moment I realized once and for all that the media was always lying, when it became clear that they were going to cover the coronavirus pandemic through the lens of whether the thing they were saying was helping or hurting Donald Trump, it was clear to me that it was over for them. And it is. It was also clear that that would be the end of the Democrat Party. And it is. All of their chips are falling. All of them. Now, are there going to be videos of Hillary Clinton getting perp walked? Maybe not. But that is of secondary importance. And by the way, trust me, my sense of justice is just as strong as yours. And I want to see that. But that is of secondary importance to getting rid of this corrupt system of power that has been so firmly entrenched for so long. That is the priority. That is what we're fighting for. That is what we stick to. And that is why it matters that we hold the line, be patient, manage our stress and our disillusionment and our disappointments until Donald Trump is reinaugurated for a second term. This is not happening on our desired timeline, okay? And I know that that's frustrating for people, but you're just going to have to exert the willpower and the self-control to get yourself through that in a mentally good place. What's coming next 
is the American Renaissance. And I'm going to write about this at length at some point. But we're going to have a rebirth of culture and art and human freedom like we've never seen, like we have never experienced in our lifetimes. I mean, maybe if you were alive just after World War II, you have. But otherwise, no. From 1960 on, these systems have been replicating themselves. Generations die, and the next generation picks up the cause. And you can see that. You can know that. Because George H.W. Bush was back there in the CIA. And then his son became president. That's the old guard. They've existed since then. So if you're my age, no. You've never seen anything like what's coming. And what's coming is going to be glorious. I am a lover of the arts, of music, of film, of literature, of visual art. And one of the worst things about this communist movement is what they have done to the arts, all while pretending to be the artists. They have turned art into cheap, evil propaganda that they then use to divide us. They've applied political correctness to art, and these pretend artists have taken it. They've accepted it. They've allowed it to change what they were creating. And some of them love it. The truth is these people were always just creating propaganda anyway. Or just really enjoying calling themselves artists, as so many people do. But we are headed for the American Renaissance, and Donald Trump is leading us there. And all of us, we will see this through to its conclusion. And Donald Trump will stick the landing. And by the way, before I go, don't forget what I said yesterday. If there is some strange news story that seems to really benefit the left coming out this afternoon, immediately disregard it. Wait two hours after hearing it and then research it or go to the info stream because I'm sure I'll have busted it down by then. But just know that they are fucking with you and they are fucking with the nation and they are trying to change minds and they are trying to win a narrative game that they cannot win. I will be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. 
First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!